Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Here we go Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Here we go again, it's the Keen Odyssey, it is part six, yes, part six of Roy Keane's first book, which we're doing second in our Keen Odyssey series. Because those that's the kind of maverick fuckers we are. Yeah, you wouldn't get that with fucking... Radio Norwich or Five Live. Yeah, or... but it's a bit like Star Wars. George Lucas did episode four, five, six. Yeah. Then he went back and did episode one, two, three. Which weren't as good. And then Disney are doing eight, seven, eight, nine. So we're going to hand this over to Disney for Roy's third autobiography. Is yeah. that how this happens? Yeah, J.J. Abrams is going to do the final. Will we get paid? Yeah, as long as we get paid, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's matter. the main thing. Um, mind you, I read a book about Star Wars and how it's written and all that you shit you read a book about Star Wars I read a book about Star Wars wow. and all that shit mm. about George Lucas giving it yeah I wrote a long story about yeah. the saga of Anakin Skywalker mm. and in the end it was just too long to make into one film so because I'm I'm such an artist and I manipulate the conventions of narrative in a way that no one else can a bit like us on this podcast exactly he goes, I decided to start at episode four. But I had the full story already, the backstory in my mind. Utter bollocks. Really? He, he basically made Star Wars, and it was just, that was it. It was just a pretentious flourish that he wanted to make it yeah. part four. And then, and then basically, it wasn't even fucking called part four or New Hope. It was, was just it called not? fucking Star Wars. It was a load of shit. And then... He d- so he thought at what that point be- did parts four, five, and six come into play? It came in when they started when he came up planning. With one, two, and three. Yeah, no, there was always this thing when they said, "Oh, I think once he made Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he started spreading it." Yeah. yeah, got a load of other fucking stories, didn't I? <laughs> About his dad, Luke Skywalker's dad, Yoda when he was a kid, the lot. I got it all. I wrote a lot of it fucking ages ago. Right, I'd probably make them sometime. Loads of stuff about the Parliament as well. You're yeah. going to really like that stuff about the Parliament. Yeah. It's fucking massive. Yeah. You ain't like, never seen a Parliament like this before. So it's like Space Parliament, right? Yeah, you're They're around f- in there. fucking floating about, isn't they? It's fucking not like brilliant. our Parliament. It's fucking much better. Right, instead of Thatcher, they got fucking Terrence Stamp out of Superman 2. <laughs> <laughs> right and he's gone and basically this book just says yeah he wrote it it was quite a long story and really he just edited it down like anyone does when they're writing a fucking screenplay or yeah. a book or anything else you just keep editing it until it's a fucking two <laughs> hour film, film and not a fucking ten hour film right so he's dropped all the bit some cunt said drop all the bit about his fucking dad and just fucking there was no, he had no fucking clue until he made Empire Strikes Back that Darth Vader was fucking Luke Skywalker's yeah. dad right he, he, it was unexpected um, success. No one thought it was success. Then they basically said to him, make another one. Right. And he just made it up from scratch. Then they said, make another one. And he made that Fucking up from hell. scratch. What am I going to do? I've got another one. Fucking hell. I'll tell you what. 
I'll put some <laughs> fucking beers in it. Will you be happy yeah. then? <laughs> Jesus. Listen, right, I fuck the world's run fucking dry. So I'm sending over some notes by courier now, right? They should be there at y- any minute, right? And it's a couple of sketches of what effectively are fucking teddy bears, <laughs> right? And they're running around with catapults and that. Yeah. And, um, and, oh, and, by, and, and I haven't done a sketch because I'm no good at drawing birds. I don't know what it is, but I can never draw a Doris. I could only draw fellas and robots, right? And bears, right? But I've written a very, very detailed explanation <laughs> of Carrie Fisher, right? In a fucking bikini, yeah. right? And she's sort of been enslaved by a giant fucking slug. <laughs> Right, and I don't know whether he's got a cock or not, but there's every indication. He's probably hidden away in the folds of all his fat. We yeah. never get to see it. Yeah, but not even th- when he's got a lob on. You should give every indication that he and definitely he has got a cock. He fucking has got a lob on. Because <laughs> when you fucking see Carrie you, Fisher. You will as well, this, you can. In this costume. <laughs> fuck me backwards. You won't yeah. fucking believe it. I mean, like I say, I've only written it down in words, but I'll fucking tell you. It's all up here in the old noggin, right? Well, I'm going to go do some old case catalogues and I'm going to cut some pictures out, right? And I'll find some, some bikinis that look nice, but a bit dirty, like these ones that I want her to wear. So I'll send them over as well. Another bike later on. Okay, George, that's great. Do you have anything beyond the drawings of bears and the and the bikini shots from the catalogue? No, I fucking... Are you fucking listening, you cloth-eared cunt? I fucking told you right at the get-go. The wells run fucking dry. What do you want? How many fucking stories can you tell about a bunch of daft cunts up in space, right? With their electric swords. I did the first one, right? Then I've done the second one. I'm your dad. Fine. Job done. Now you want a third one. You got the bears. You got the bikini shots. Fill in the fucking gaps and pay me my fucking dough. Do you not fucking see what's going on here? My plan <laughs> is, I ain't got fuck all this after this. <laughs> so we need to sell some of them teddy bears down the shops. Get me a bit more income coming in so I can fucking sit back, put me fucking feet up after this. I've got me, my eye on a place in fucking Spain that I'm going to move with the missus. <laughs> and she will not stop going on about it. It ain't fucking cheap living over there, do you know what I mean? <laughs> hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Will you shut up? Yes, I'm speaking to them about the space film. They say they're going to pay me when they fucking pay me. Well, you, you're going to have to wait to go to fucking Spain, aren't you? Sorry about this, mate. <laughs> shut up. Yes, space film three is going to come out. Fucking ba- have a bit of patience. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't want to see my Doris in a fucking bold bikini state of her since she had the third kid. So I'm not basing the fucking jab of the art character on her specifically, because obviously he's got a cock. But um, it's not 100 miles away, I'm telling you that for nothing. Anyway, you don't want to hear my problems, do you? The point is, get the film made, get the teddies flogged, and get me my fucking villa in Spain pronto, or I swear to God I'll end up wringing her fucking neck. Anyway, ta-da, be lucky. And that is how Return of the Jedi got made. Right, wow. and if anyone tells you any different, it's bollocks. And then we won't even get into the Space Parliament films, but... <laughs> I suspect there's a deep dive series coming <laughs> yeah. of the Star Wars The from, making of Star from, Wars. From the perspective of George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. That's going to cost you an extra £3 a month. Bring it on. Uh, welcome to the Keen Odyssey Part 2, Part 6. Uh, 2.6, we call it that. Yeah, fuck it. All right, uh, Part 6 of the Keen Odyssey 2... Uh, well, we look at his first book, 
Um, we've got a bit distracted there. Sorry about that. It's um, it's Roy's final season at Nottingham Forest, and it gets off to a bad start. Uh, Forest were the first team to be televised on Sky Television once the Premier League was launched, and they won. They beat Liverpool one 0 Teddy Sheringham scored, and then they lost six in a row after that. And Sheringham fucked off to Spurs in September. Mm. So uh, I mean, this team had finished eighth the season before in what was the first division. They reached, reached two Wembley Cup finals. But as Roy says, they were bottom of the Premier League by October and had conceded 22 goals in the first 10 games. Massive crisis. And Roy's own situation was complicated because he was uh, the, the big clubs were circling around him. The big clubs, it says he had been Liverpool, Arsenal, Aston Villa and Blackburn. Mm. Different times. Aston Villa and Blackburn, yeah. I mean, obviously Blackburn were starting to change the title and suddenly had all um, Jack Walker's money. And Villa, it was the big Ron era at Villa. And they ran United very close for the title. I think the first year <clears throat> Man United won it, they were up against Villa, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, run them all the way, yeah. In a, it's covered in one of our earlier podcasts when this top flight time machine thing was what it said about on the tin. old football seasons. Yeah. Guy, it's fucking boring, <laughs> wasn't it? It's just fucking Star Wars. Eight minutes of Star Wars. It's boring. Yeah, we people want us to go back and finish those seasons off. Do you think we should? No, fuck it. I was going to say yeah, but if people have been asking for it, then the answer's no. <laughs> Whatever people ask for, they don't fucking get. Those are the rules of this podcast. <laughs> so uh, he was due for a new contract. He was on 700 quid a week, much less than any of the Forest players. They had 18 months to run. So the negotiations started. But around that time, uh, a friend of Kenny Dalgleish got in touch with him and said that um, he wanted to meet him. And Alan Shearer had just gone to Blackburn, turned down and moved to Manchester United. Mm. So Roy says, an arrangement was made to meet Dalgleish and Blackburn coach Ray Harford at David O'Leary's house in Hertfordshire. Peculiar. David O'Leary was a kind of a go-between. I don't see what the connection is there between O'Leary. Come round, but you must be very quiet because my baby's asleep. The babies are all asleep. The baby's asleep. Lined up. Rock a baby. There were no baby. David. Get a hold of yourself. I've had a look round the house and there's no fucking babies in this Shui, house. Shui, Shui. You can't see the babies because they're so wee. They're the tiniest this, babies in the world. They've had this serum and the bedtime serum and they've all gone really tiny so they can all sleep. They're like sleep them in the same cot together. Mongolian dwarf babies and they're so small they can't be seen to the human eye. Oh, smaller than the smallest insect you could ever imagine, but they're real. And they're my babies. And I can see them. one day, maybe ten years from now, maybe a little bit less, I'm going to fashion a football team out of them. Maybe it leads. That know. football team would be called Leeds United FC. The FC stands for Football Club. And they'll be... But it should be BC, which is not before Christ. It means baby club. Because there'd be a club made of babies. My babies. <laughs> now fuck off, Roy. <laughs> Kelly Dalglish is there. David, can you, can you just fuck off for a while? We need to, need to speak to Roy. Can you go and fucking put kettle on or something? You're talking a complete shite, David. Get out. <laughs> so they met up and they asked about his contractual situation at Forest. That's unusual. I wouldn't have expected them asking about that. I thought the conversation might have been more about, you know, neighbours or something like that. But yeah. No, this was a business meeting. Whoa. Roy was being tapped up here. He was being tapped up by, by Blackburn Rovers. Uh, he says I told them I'd been offered a new contract they urged me not to sign and if I did sign make sure there was a clause that would allow me to leave Forest if they were relegated it was clear that Blackburn would be willing to pay a new British transfer fee record of 
Dum dum dum. Three point five million pounds to close the deal. Back in nineteen ninety two, of course. He says, I knew tapping players this way was against the rules, but par for the course in the game. My hand was considerably strengthened in my talks with Ronnie Fenton. I wasn't entirely comfortable with the duplicity involved in these discussions, but knowing there was an alternative to going down with Forrest enabled me to, t- to negotiate from a position of strength. So he thinks the Forrest are going down, even though it's only kind of September, October mm. in that season. And he was right enough, they, they, they did. Um, I don't know whether he actually told them that he'd spoken to the other clubs. Doesn't mention that. Brian Clough went public to accuse Roy of being a greedy child. (laughs) Nobody likes a greedy child eating a cookie from the cookie jar when they haven't even finished their vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) What are you fucking talking about, Cluffy? (laughs) Never you mind, Irishman. And you've been eating the cream cakes again, haven't you, Irishman? <laughs> what? what do you mean, cream cakes? What? You've, you've lost me completely, It's Cuffy. a metaphor. <laughs> Greedy young men get humped. You know that saying, don't you, Irish? <laughs> don't make me chase you around that city ground pitch again on all fours, Irishman. <laughs> okay, now. Newspapers claimed I was demanding £1 million over three years to commit myself to Nottingham Forest. That would be almost a poor ten times wage increase. Mm. Um, that figure was roughly correct. Through his intermediary, Kenny Dalglish intimated his wages at Blackburn will be 250000 a year with a 500000 signing on fee. Privately, Brian Clough and I got on fine, even as he lashed me in the papers. Clough said, Keen is like a kid who wakes up on Christmas morning and finds an apple, an orange and a box of Smarties in his stocking. He wants more. <laughs> What's this? An apple and orange and some fucking smarties. You got anything else, Mum? You got a little toy car, a dinky car, something like that. <laughs> Do you want to like a popcorn? A popcorn. You know, you push it and a pop comes out in a piece of string and it makes a pop sound. And pop! it says it says bang, a little flag comes out and it says bang. You can fit that once. Fit that in the fucking stocking, no problem, mammy. You have some fucking imagination. <laughs> Uh, Clough says uh, he is a highly talented young man everything has come quickly for him and he is loved by everyone in football <laughs> particularly those at Forest Keane is the hottest property in the game right now but he is not going to bankrupt this club we have made him an offer he has his own ideas but he is ours for 18 months and talks are on ice for now I don't want to know about silly clauses talking about <laughs> what he'll do if we get relegated I want him to sign a straight no-nonsense contract that is within our budget so it's not a silly cars. It's a good car. It's a sensible cars. It's silly. I came up with it myself. I've been going to law classes down the college at night. There's Denial nothing silly classes. about it. There's nothing silly about it. It's the most sensible cars I've ever heard in my life. Self-protecting. You stupid old man. <laughs> so the negotiations go on, and then he talks about um, at this stage a number of agents contacted him, mm. and got in touch, and wanted him to obviously get signed up with them because he was doing his own deals he was doing clauses and stuff doing my own fucking deal that he'd come up with but uh, he says I was tempted by one or two of them but my general impression was that agents regarded footballers as pawns in their own games and would always ultimately serve their own ends and those of their manager friends rather than your interests Mm. and no trust whatsoever in agents and their dealings Mm. Jalapeño 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. And he ended up doing... He, he had a lawyer, didn't he? A fellow called Michael Kennedy who did his deals in the end. Yeah, but I mean, what's the difference ultimately? Specific agent. I, I, he would have still been got paid either commission paid, or. I think, I think he just did his contract, so he, he wasn't like trying to t- try to tout him round and yeah. get him moves and all that kind of thing. Ultimately, it'll be Michael Kennedy who gets in touch with us and gets this podcast removed. From the internet, I mean, the, the, I that would be the best case scenario. If we everyone. just get cease and desist, that's easy. Yeah, because you just stop. You immediately you delete everything. Just roll over straight yeah. away. Just go yeah. fine, mate. No problem. Yeah, but uh, it's when it starts getting litigious. And, uh, when I was at Comedy Central, to arrive. we someone a, a company we worked with made a, a, a sketch with Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand was promoting a book, and he turned up to do what he thought was a straight interview but the fella very funny fella who was sort of doing the interview who I I won't name here because it's a bit it got a bit sensitive legally hence why I'm telling the story but he's a really funny bloke you name him now and I'll edit it out and he was very charming and he he had what he did was he'd arranged to meet famous people to interview them on camera but then he'd get them to do weird shit right and he made I can't even remember what the fucking premise was but he made uh, he'd made a set to look like the moon or Mars and he got Rio to put on an astronaut's outfit right and and gave him a ray gun and then he came on pretending to be an alien and there was this brilliant bit where where Rio shat himself of the alien was pretending to be scared of aliens and going oh it's an alien shoot it kill it kill it and started trying to shoot it with his ray gun it was so funny it was so funny right and Rio was having the time he just thought it was really funny which it was and it was just silly and daft and then his fucking some sort of miserable representative saw it and thought yeah I mean the thing is this isn't great for your brand the way that we're looking to <laughs> yeah. um, extend extend and manage yeah. your brand uh, both both vertically and horizontally yeah. over the coming quarters uh, this isn't really going to fit in vis-a-vis yeah. that strategy we see Rio as being um, a family man primarily <laughs> um, but occasionally harking back to his uh, his upbringing in the East End mm. which was you know a little bit dicey at times but there, there was but, no uh, aliens we don't see any room for aliens in the trajectory mm. of uh, Rio's career going forward I was fucking I was getting these phone calls f- from his agents like they were hysterical with rage almost <laughs> right and I'm like, I hadn't even been there when it was done. I'd, I'd just commissioned it, you mm. know. 
And I was like, well, I don't know. It seems all right to me. And he signed a release form, but they yeah. weren't they weren't having any of it. They're yeah, like, you, do you know what you're dealing with and all this sort of stuff? And I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, I mean, you're really rich. This this is this could be a disaster. But um, and then it, the publisher of the book was on the phone. They were all so and they were so cross. And then they started saying, that, you know, Rio is actually personally very upset by this. And I was like, is that why he tried to shoot mean the he's fucking upset so by like it? He had a wheel of a time. I mean, it's not something that can happen quickly. He has gone to lengths of putting on a space outfit, yeah. and then chasing another man dressed as an alien with a ray gun. And it's not like it just like, oh, I don't know how that happened. I was duped. <laughs> Rio Ferdinand is clearly an intelligent man as well. Yeah. He's not like one of these dopey footballers is he so I thought I don't buy it that he's really upset when he's watching about I've got no recollection of doing this <laughs> I think I might have been drugged yeah I'm not sure I reckon Rio fucking loved doing it thought it was hilarious and they've gone oh no this really doesn't fit with uh, Rio 2.0 uh, anyway the the end of the story is I just rolled over yeah I just went alright fuck it we won't run it then wasn't even <laughs> wasn't worth losing your job over, was I it? had an argument with them for a little while just to amuse myself and yeah. then in the end just went nah it's only joking of course I won't run it <laughs> ta-da <Are> you lucky? <laughs> I'm only mucking about I don't want to upset Rio which I didn't never had at any point no. now, this is why football's fucked basically yeah. can you imagine if Kevin Keegan had done that <laughs> 25 years yeah. prior yeah yeah the footage would be all over the place now it, to course, this day. Yeah, of course it was. It's the kind of thing he would have done like on Cracker Jack or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and everyone would have thought it was five. fucking wonderful. Yeah. And he would have got more corporate opportunities yeah. off the back of it to advertise things he might go. I mean, you know, think about it. You could imagine Rio Ferdinand doing a fantastic kids show. Yeah. He's a single father, single parent. He's, re- you know, obviously it's been well documented. He's a really great dad and everything. You, you know, that's the sort of thing you should be doing. In fact, we should think of a Rio Ferdinand kids show vehicle. Yeah, we'll do that. Mm. But getting back to that, if Kevin Keegan had done that on Cracker Jack, all these programmes they have now, do you remember the 1970s and all yeah. that, where they have these comedians yeah. on who were born 15 years after the programmes they're yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, so, yeah, Oh, yeah, that was great, that one. I remember watching that No, they that always one. go like this. Kevin Keegan on yeah. Cracker Jack, well, dressed was... as an alien. And then they just go, what was that about? <laughs> what was that about? What was that about? Well, I still remember it. I was minus 15 when it was on. It was uh-huh. fucking brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> oh. I was in my mum's tummy. No, one. I was in my dad's ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> right at the back of the queue 15 years at the back of the queue in his nutsack <laughs> and I remember he was watching I could hear it through through the scrotum it was brilliant <laughs> I was laughing my spunky head off <laughs> <laughs> but that would be on and everyone would be like oh that's one of the most iconic moments of, of television the, of all times the po- definitive pop cultural moments of the decade it's iconic yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've still got it somewhere, so hey! we'll, we'll stick it out at That's some point. That's my next question answered. Fantastic. Got it somewhere. I mean, it, yeah, it's not even that bad. I mean, it's not like it. It's not like he's fucking putting his knob in a pig or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't reflect badly on him in, ever, in any way, other than making him seem like he's got. A, anyway, it's, I don't know. I'll let that, it go. It's not like one of those roasting videos that appeared from the mobile phones <laughs> yeah. 15 years ago by fucking young footballers with too much booze and not enough sense. This, this is it. it! We move on now to a very curious section in the book. And it was, um, we must remember again, this was Brian Clough's last season. And life hadn't been kind to Brian. He no. was uh, self-medicating, let's say, Yeah. by this point. It was his last season as a manager. So Roy was on his way to see uh, 
Brian Clough after a match and Graham Taylor was sitting outside Clough's office Clough was, uh, Taylor was England manager at the time okay. so he'd always been there to watch some Forest players and Roy says uh, Taylor was in the sitting in the corridor outside what appeared to be an empty office there was no light on Clough's secretary opened the door and beckoned me in as I made to take a seat to await Clough's arrival I assumed he was in the boardroom a voice whispered from the corner Roy Roy over here <laughs> and there was one of the game's great managers sitting in a corner of the room is Taylor still out there he asked <laughs> <laughs> yes boss I replied raising a finger to his lips he urged me to be quiet <laughs> he wants to shut see shut up Irishman <laughs> he wants to see me about Nigel but I don't want to talk to him Ronnie Fenton's told him I've gone home <laughs> whispered he says the scene was comical in one way sad in another Taylor was the England manager a job Clough had coveted Nigel was a contender for a place in the England side after another disappointing Saturday afternoon Clough couldn't be bothered with the kind of after match shite talk football managers are obliged to engage in <laughs> shite talk <laughs> Dunphy put shite talk well okay, what, what do you mean by that right do you mean small talk I mean what I say Dunphy shite talk put it down shite Shite talk, that's what they do. You you haven't heard them, Dunphy. I have. It's shite talk. Trust me. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt this time then, Roy. Shite it is. <laughs> um, Roy says, Can I have a few days off, boss? I whispered. Of course you can, but leave by the other door. I'm staying in here till that fucker's gone. <laughs> As I left Brian Clough cowering in his own office, I reflected on the toll football could take on one of its most combative characters. So there we are. That's the section that I've just put on the list. Clough hides from Graham Taylor. Fucking hell. There it is. There's no other way of dressing it up. Have you ever hid? I've, you know, I think we've all hid at times to avoid conversations that are just you know not in the mood uh, for that are a bit yeah, tedious yeah we've all we've all I mean I, I lay on the floor once when a mate came around who I didn't particularly want to oh, yeah. hang around with yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I remember that on one the floor so we couldn't see through the window and then he went to a nearby phone box and rang the phone for 27 minutes fucking non-stop hell. I don't know what else he was doing in that phone box while he was waiting that 27 minutes what do you mean do you think he was wanking probably yeah well, I'll just. What what well, I'll, I'll stay on hold, yeah. and to pass the time, I'll masturbate I'll s- very slowly. I won't be able to concentrate on it, but it's, to me, that's like patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. Well, you've got the phone in your hand. I'd, it's just, I'd, it's I'd just end up. Out. I'd end up not enjoying either. Right. <laughs> Neither the okay. the phone call nor the wank. This was probably about 1994, 95 as well, when a lot more people used phone boxes. So I can't believe there was a 27 minute period where no one, no one came else up tried to the phone, to use phone box. box. Maybe he didn't. He sounds like a fucking oddball. So maybe he he's the bit, sort who didn't he was care. A bit, but if he was wanking, then no one's going to try and come near and and dis- dispossess the phone. Everybody phone. get back! I've got a cock. <laughs> Stay away. I did, I did, um, did I tell you about ever when I was supposed to be going out with one mate? I can't even remember where, but it was obviously not to do something particularly interesting. And I was only about 13. And another mate called up and, and said, do you want to go uptown? Mm. And I went, yeah, I want to go uptown. That sounds fun. And my and my, and my mum said to me, that you, and I said, I'm going to call my other mate and just tell him that I'm ill. Right. So I can't come out or I'll make up something. And my mum said, you shouldn't really lie. She went because you might this get your caught. Mom my mum the liar, but she. This is what she said. She didn't say you shouldn't lie because it's morally wrong. She went, you shouldn't lie because what if you get caught? And I said, how can I get caught? She went, well, if you're going out 
uptown. You'll have to go to the tube. And what if you see him on the way to the tube? I went, what are the fucking chances of that? <laughs> million to one. Million to fucking one. I'm going to see him up the tube. <laughs> I'm walking along the street and I hear beep, beep, beep. And it's the mate who I've lied to. And he is in the, his mum's van. His mum had a van. And he sat up in the front with her. And she's beeping. And I'm fucking swanning along the street, right? Like Jack the Biscuit with this other mate going uptown. Yeah. And they pulled over. It was like fucking the Sweeney. They pulled over a screech. And you know what I did? I took off. And I fucking, <laughs> I fucking ran. I ran away from him. He was a really good mate of mine. But I just, I wasn't, I couldn't deal with it. So I fucking pegged it. And, um. Fight or flee. They, they took Chase in the van. He got, right, they took, they did a Yui. His mum was really complicit. She was probably fucked off as well. Rightly so. And she probably, like, arranged for, for us to do something. And I'd, done a bunk and I ran and ran and in the end like something in a film I came to a sort of a a wire fence and I started climbing up it to try and climb over and escape from the van with on the other side and I climbed halfway up this fence and had to stop because I just it was just beyond me yeah and they pulled up and my other mate who I was going uptown with had run with me and was laughing did they put handcuffs on you La- bundling in the back of the van <laughs> that's what it was like anyway it was so humiliating I was halfway up this fucking fence and I heard the van pull up beside me and I looked round and literally went like this alright <laughs> and he went what are you doing here he went I thought you were ill and his mum's behind him giving me the evils and I went yeah I uh," and I started fumbling in my mind for an explanation and then my other mate the cunt just burst out laughing and went ah he fucking was lying because he's coming up town with me (laughs) and they just like literally did a slow head shake and drove off in the van and I was left there humiliated on the fence what happened after that was the reconciliation we still went up town and this bloke remains he he's, remains my best friend, the one who I did the dirty on. Really? Yeah. Wow. But, you know, he's done dirties on me since then, which yeah, I can well, and go. will go into on future podcasts. Good. But you can't do anything about it because you, you set yourself up. You can't go back. You can't go you back. You can never go back. We're both, we're both big enough and old enough and wise enough to just forgive and forget. Yeah. But he did take someone else to the West Ham Forest semi-final in 91 oh. who wasn't even... A West Ham fan. He had a spare ticket and he took another mate because he was just into that mate at the time. Yeah. And he took him. And it was also a power play against you for that previous. It was years later, but maybe. Spite never sleeps. Revenge is a dish best served called, mate. Correct. And that is, I now it all fucking pieces together. He took someone else to that fucking semi final at Villa Park and it was all because of that day when he chased me in the van. (laughs) <laughs> this oh well. this episode of Top Flight Time Machine is brought to you in association with Uptown. <laughs> Sick of hanging around your local environment? <laughs> hey, why not go Uptown where the lights are bright and the girls are prettier? <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, we should run a competition yeah. for one lucky cunter to go uptown with Sam Delaney. Whoa, Whoa Uptown, baby. Bit one of Prince's most underrated songs as well. Uptown with Sam Delaney. Yes. <laughs> This could be a late night talk show, couldn't it? Yeah. Uptown with Sam Delaney, you come on. Hi, welcome to Uptown. An, an undone bow tie mm. around your neck. Couple of couple of sexy ladies yeah, on each arm. Do, do a song at the beginning. <laughs> Uptown with Sam Delaney. 
Yeah. Tonight, Uptown with Sam Delaney. <laughs> a hologram of Frank tonight. Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. A hologram of Dean Martin. And the real Shirley Bessie. <laughs> Uptown. And Sam's special guest, Alan Pardew. <laughs> <laughs> also wearing a tuxedo and a loose and bow tie around his neck. I see me and Alan Pards as very much today's answer to the Rat Pack. Yeah. Do you need a third member? Do you need a Sammy Davis Jr.? Are you, a, a are you mis- applying for that role? I think I very much am, yeah. All right, well, get on your dinner suit because you are coming uptown he's with Sam Delaney. He's overweight. He's a shot ass. We're going to make him tap dance and we're going to laugh. <laughs> it's Andy Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Right Let's fucking sack off this podcast No one cares about Top Flight Time Machine anymore We need to launch Uptown instead (laughs) That's what people really want Glamour Glitz Excitement Sex Champagne Money Diamonds I've just added it to the list of Many of the things we've got That we're going to do one day Oh Chauffeur driven taxis Uber Exec Oh Yeah Expensive one Uber Exec All the way I've never even seen an Uber Exec Hey Hey Uber driver, stop here. We're going into Harrods to the food hall to buy some ham. And you're driving it right in. <laughs> What's an Uber exec? Is it like the is it like the car from Greece where they have the race and it's got the rutting? Yeah, Grease Lightning. The, the wheels. It looks exactly like Grease Lightning. But the bad guy's one though. Yeah, and it's knives. got one of those exposed engines. Yeah. And when it drives up, it just makes you can hear it come from Mars like rum, rum. And it's always driven by Craterface from Greece. Yeah. Fucking It's hell. fucking great. You should one of these days you should just treat yourself to an Uber That's exec. Worth it for fifty quid. Yeah. Gotta be. And instead of a little bottle of mineral water in the back champagne all the way mate whoa mm. nice or oh, for me a St Clements of course hey send me round an Uber exec and make sure it's stopped with a couple of St Clements alright <laughs> it's George Lucas <laughs> I'm off up the studio <laughs> yeah we'll stop up stop off uptown on the way <laughs> right Listen, write this down. I'm going to studio to do Star Wars 10. Yeah, you heard right, Star Wars 10. Yeah, I know I said we'd finish after nine, but I've had a new idea, haven't I? It's about, uh, you know, the one who plays Ray, but she's in a bikini, yeah? And there's a big fucking spider what's trying to bomb her. Anyway, look, I'm not giving away all the secrets now. They're fucking leak online. The point is, I, got, I need an Uber exec because I'm going there to finish making that, finish my drawings, you know, and on the way... Way, I want to go uptown to pick up a couple of bits. Some Toblerones. <laughs> Some, a new pair of spats. <laughs> Treat myself. Gets me in the mood, see? I've been invited on uptown with Sam Delaney. <laughs> Get me a best fucking Uber exec, and I, I want Craterface driving it. I got George Lucas was a cockney at the beginning of this oh, episode, yeah, he was, and now right. he's, gone, he's turned into that northern character. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think what we might... I uh, don't know who we're doing. I can't remember how David Lynch speaks either. <laughs> Hey, imagine if you, they got Lynch to direct the new Star Wars Episode Ten. Fucking hell. Mm. Can't imagine it. Anyway. Yeah. Roy well, Keane. That, that's all we've got time mm. for. We haven't got through very many Roy Keane things. Yeah, well, I, think, I feel we got through a lot, like, Have relatively we? speaking, yeah. No, we got through three things on our list of 16. Okay. One less than the previous episode. We'll get there, though. It's, it's, it's not about the arriving at the destination, it's about the journey. Yeah, exactly. Like this think. is what your free quid pays for. This yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. So stop fucking sitting there moaning. If you've got a problem, then look at your own self and what you're doing with your own life. You pricks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
Goodbye, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.